up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. Welcome back, guys. Uh, long time no speak. How y'all been? Trying to enjoy the summer, man. You know, getting back into the, back into the groove. Uh, the daily work schedule. The remote is almost over, so you know how that go. <laughs> right, when it gets vaccinated. I seen, I seen, I seen Corey out there, Matt's Park, watching them L's. <laughs> yeah, you just had to bring up the sweet, didn't you, Cliff? <laughs> <laughs> Watching them, 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 them L's in that 100 degree heat index. Um, nah, man, it's, it's good to be vac- vaxxed and back out here, man. Vaxxed and back, like that. Yeah, seeing Cliff out, Hugh Saturday's back in traditional Paul fashion. I uh, did some uh, reckless drunk shit, but we'll keep that off the podcast. That's that's going <laughs> for the group chat. <laughs> It, it slide in the DMs. You won those stories. Not the entertaining, but uh, I, I, I did some some typical bullshit. Anyway, uh, yeah. As far as the Nets go, Schwarber going down was even worse than the sweep. Like this man was on a tear that the Nets haven't seen maybe tear. in their franchise history, and now he might be out for weeks, maybe months. My guess is we won't see Schwarber back till at the earliest August. But we got to win last. Hopefully, the team is off. True. All right, well, the football team has had a couple breaking news uh, points since we last spoke, so let's go through them one by one. Um, Obviously, the big news of the past week has been Daniel Snyder. Uh, The NFL came out last week after an 11-month investigation by Beth Wilkinson that Daniel Snyder would be, quote-unquote, punished with a $10 million fine. There was no suspension. He did, in fact, say that he'd be leaving the team for an undisclosed amount of time. In the days prior, he announced that his wife, Tanya Snyder, would be the co-CEO, uh, which kind of preempted some people to think that suspension was coming. There was also a uh, what some people believe was a puff piece written by the Wall Street Journal saying that he needed to be more involved in the team and his lack of a presence is what caused shit to go off the rails. Let me throw it to you guys. What was your knee-jerk reaction to all the stuff that went down last week with Dan Snyder and the Washington football team? Go ahead, Cliff, I'm going to let you rip him real quick. Oh, you know, you know what's funny is I'm really not even about to rip him that hard, man. Because for me, as far like I, I get why people, you know, people are a little disappointed. It seemed like they wanted a little that people like a good public shaming, man. Mm-hmm. They do. They want to see somebody shamed. They're like, oh, this is a shitty person. Obviously, the org did some terrible things. And mm-hmm. we know the org did terrible things because they find that man 10 million. People say, well, they find a team, mm. whatever. 10 million. That's from your fellow owners, man. Mm-hmm. And if, if, like, from the outside looking in, it looks like to me, really what they said to him is, you can't be in charge of this shit temporarily. They probably even told him that they would like to have, they like to bring in their own CEO, and he probably negotiated for it to be his wife. Wait, wait, wait. Can, can Tanya be the CEO? Can right. <laughs> place. Straight up. I, for me, as far as the NFL goes, this is this seems pretty hefty. It just does. Like when Ursay got in, when Ursay was driving around with the pack, with the bricks in his car. <laughs> and those weed, all that shit. <laughs> right. I might have had the like on deck in, in, in the Louis bag, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They gave him what six game suspension, six like five hundred k fine. Yep. This is a report that they didn't even want to get out, so they told him not to write don't write shit down. <laughs> like Beth, don't even write shit down. Just tell us what happened. Right. When you come when you come in, I, we don't want you bringing in no paperwork. All right. When you come in and talk to us, just tell us what happened. That's what you call plausible deniability. Also, Bruh. what you said, they don't want nothing leaking to the, no to the press. Leaks, right. None. Because then then people start going, well, oh, how you did that? You oh, you you only gave them this level of, mm-hmm. of punishment, even though these little stories start leaking out, right? So it's a good old boys network. Right up. They told one of their good old boys, give us 10 mil. 
and go look for a stadium. Can't be working day to day, dog. You got to you, you got fall back. To mm-hmm. me, that is a lot considering what I think of these owners. That's sort of how I see it. They weren't going to be like, yo, give us your team. Look for a stadium. Not, you know. That's, that's uh, 10 mil and you get to go look for a stadium, Daniel. I mean, he probably skipped out of Rogers' office. Like, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you. you think so? I don't think so, man. Well, he didn't skip off the 10 mil, but he probably skipped off the not not a public saying. You know how everybody wanted him to say he was suspended because, I mean, I'm going to be honest with Cliff, even you kind of convinced me. Like, even though they didn't use the verbiage of it being a suspension, this motherfucker is suspended, bro. suspended. You know what I mean? Like, you're not you a should, part of the You should say Goodell got to sign off when he returns, right? Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. you're suspended. But you know what's interesting? His lawyers came out and said that that's not the case. Goodell doesn't have to sign off on anything. Daniel chose to do this on his own, which I just oh, think. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit. You, you yeah. ain't suspend me. I suspended myself. Yeah, like, right. where they do that at? But did y'all hear that uh, Daniel Snyder's lawyers and PR team was calling around New Zealand on Friday afternoon saying, yeah. just to set the record straight, there was no suspension? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Which, right. I mean, means, but what's that tell y'all, man? I mean, it means that Dan Snyder's a petty-ass motherfucker. That's what it means. Same old Danny boy. He was like, let's keep it claro. Y'all did not suspend me. Where does it say I was suspended? I chose this. He's like, but Roger, I hired Jason like he told me to. I hired Julie, my wife, CEO now. Like, can we not shame me in the public? I'll take this $10 million hit. I'll step away for a little bit. I'll look for the stadium that I've been looking for for the last 10 years, even though nobody in D.C., Maryland, Virginia wants to talk to me. Just say that I'm going to look for the stadium. <laughs> right, but hey, them saying look for the stadium, is that's them putting you on assignment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you can't right. be out here in the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. So, like, short, like, him being, them forcing him to sell the team is really what people wanted. And that was never going to happen. Right. I put it like this, clearly whatever they investigated was pretty fucking terrible. Yep. Because whether it led to you removing yourself or the league removing you, it was clearly bad. Plus, I go back to the part where how they said it was an oral, like, I have never in all my years, maybe I'm just clueless, but I thought when you got it, when you got a report coming out, there's going to be all types of bullet points, you know, like Deflate Gate had 190 pages, and you're telling me for this whole investigation of the team there was no documentation that shit was an internal powerpoint man mm-hmm. wasn't meant to be external they deleted that shit immediately once once goodell saw that but you know what see people aren't gonna like what i'm about to say exactly. what are they supposed to do man? like like let's be let's be honest about what this is this is a football this is the nfl right they only <laughs> have one goal they only care about one thing. We know they do not care about that other shit. Yep. Whether it's race, whether it's violence against women, whether it's happening on their teams or in society, they don't really care. They would rather not get involved in that stuff. So a world in which the other side is flipping, you are the NFL. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You gonna take his team from him? You think the other owners are gonna be like, cool? Let's start. Let's start. Let's set a precedent where we just take people's teams away from them being terrible organizations, like running terrible organizations. Yep. So they did what someone like the NFL would do: public facing. <laughs> hey, this is what we're doing. My thing is, right. it was it was behind the scenes. Or- it's like get get rid of this shit. This is not something that we need to be dealing with. If it was really some dirt that they could have removed him, I think they would have done it. But obviously it was whatever they found out, obviously it was bad enough for him to be. I mean, I've never seen an owner or a team fine $10 million. That's a major, right. that's a major fine right there for any of the major four sports in this country. Like that's, that's unheard of. So it's the same shit the Mavericks got, right? That's yeah. right. In fact, Cuban got the $10 million Ooh. fine. Yep. And the mm-hmm. Mavericks were doing really terrible shit. Yep. But like you said, to go back to what you said though, Majority of the fan base wanted this man to be embarrassed because he's embarrassed our team, embarrassed us mm-hmm. as here. So all they want to do was just see this guy dragged through the media. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing was going to make the people happy. And I, I mean, I was, I feel bad more so for the victims, the whole situation, all that went down. Like 
Oh yeah, no doubt. Clearly, right. they, that, and that's like the right point. Go ahead, go ahead. No, nah, go ahead, Cliff. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, nah, I was agreeing with you. Like that is my thing when it comes to something like this. Mm-hmm. People want the guy shamed, but some of these people only want him shamed because they don't like him. They can give exactly. a shit about what happened. Exactly. What the org was doing, how women were being treated in their organization. It mm-hmm. is very clear that organization has been a toxic mess across the board since he got there. Shit show. Bad at everything. Right? Bad at everything. Bad with women, bad with PR, bad um, with how they treat their employees. Like, it is very clear that that place was, is not a good place to work. Mm-hmm. Beyond being a shitty football team in the Snyder era, not a place to work. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. So uh, for, I, for me, it's like, yo, you should lose your team off something like that, but that's not how this game is played. Right. We don't kick you out of fantasy football league if your your team is, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not how this works. Like, now you stand it. Booted out for being <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Imagine the other owners doing that to Snyder and then all the skeletons that they got behind closed doors, you know they right. all got on them. So they're like, well, if we do that today, we can only imagine what they're going to do to, you know. Right. The, so it's a, it was only so much they could truly do, but no, it's a big <laughs> ass, it's a big ass you know, football cartel, man. Straight up, billionaire boys club, man. It's thirty-two cartels. Yep, they do football. Yep, they protect each other. Right, this is a partnership. I can't be in this joint. Y'all kick me out because I suck at life. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all suck at life too. They're gonna kick you out too. Mm-hmm. Isn't the same shit that happened with Sterling? Some of the owners, were, some of the NBA owners, were concerned. That this would some like some story would come out about them. Yep. So, Absolutely. you know that shit is terrible because like I think I don't know if y'all saw that post. I can't remember what um, team podcast, <clears throat> but somebody I think there was a woman on one of their shows. It was like she's not what, but she's done with the team. In general, like she's done with them. I mean, I understand it. Right. Right. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> this is all this team makes it very hard to root for him, man. Yeah, very hard. Yeah, even after all the good progressive moves they made over the past twelve months, it's still like kind of a reminder that you still got Danny Boyd the helm. And even through all this, while he says he might be changing, first off, hearing that he needs to be more involved was kind of like a gut punch. Like, nigga, have you not been paying attention? Paying attention the past twenty years? Like, more view is not a good thing when it comes to this team's success. Like, aren't you? you, you off the boat <laughs> right i thought yeah why don't you stay your happy ass on the yacht and, and let jason and ron do their work right but second off it's just like some people think the punishment wasn't severe enough i mean i think that if you've been paying attention to any sports league or any corporation where wealthy white men are dominating the way things are run that people really aren't held accountable for their moves that he wasn't really getting punished i mean the, they gave him the money to buy the team 100% like two months ago. Y'all forget about that? They weren't yeah. about to make him sell it back. Forgot so, yeah. But that's just the way it is. Uh, did either one of you hear Sheen on with Tom Laverro today? I did not, but I heard too much of Sheen and Laverro last week. So what they say today? <laughs> well, they were saying they have it on good authority that people at the Post, and obviously we know that there's a lot of contention between the Washington Post and Daniel Snyder, right? Obviously, they're going through Rock Nation now to do all their – media outlets and trying to steer clear of the post but they happen to think that the smoking gun for all of this is whatever happened on that flight at the cmas or from the cmas from vegas back to dc and the washington post plans on going hard after whatever information was in that report that was not written down not in any kind of report not reported to anybody on paper for anybody to leak they're going to go off their information and try to find out what that smoking gun is. I don't know what that possibly could do now at this point, besides just embarrass Daniel Snyder more. But that's just something that's going to be on the horizon here in the next months or a year or something like that. I'm assuming that there's going to be NDAs that are going to have to be broken or maybe will be broken. I feel like a lot of these women have had no problem talking on the record despite their confidentiality agreements. But that's going to be something that's going to be on the horizon coming sometime soon. Great. <laughs> I, Wait, look. I completely respect the reporting of it, but 
also for me, like I got to separate the two because I want to look at the team. I want to talk about my team, but also I got to respect, you know, what's going on on the other end of it. But like when I pulled up the post the other day, I mean, it was just like 20 snort stories about Snyder. It was not one story about the team. And I'm just like, damn, like once again, here we are. My team looks like a shit show when really Rivera and Jason Wright have done a great job of trying to get this shit in order. But here we are again. And now you're just telling me the post is going to release some more stories. So it's right, like it's never- they cut the post out. Yeah. Right. But okay. This is a t- let's separate these two though. You got to, right? Because right? I don't know what's going on. I'll, I haven't heard Shane Lavelle. But let's say you own the team, okay, in a city. It don't got to be here. The biggest paper in the city is owned by someone who people keep reporting uh-huh. might be interested in buying a team. This isn't even to say there's any reason to believe Jeff Bezos is out here sitting in meetings telling people what to write about Dan Snyder. But if you on the other end of that, mm-hmm. and this motherfucker is, got, is hanging out with Goodell and shit, and every time you look up, they shitting on you only. And you know you're trying to buy your team. Like, of course you're going to cut them out, man. Right. <laughs> like, like, what are you going to do? Kitchen, you in the kitchen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, real shit. So, so the Bezos conversation is a very different one because there are a lot of conversations to be had about someone that powerful owning a newspaper mm-hmm. that big. Mm-hmm. I they said Bezos could literally buy every NFL franchise and still have billions of dollars, bro. Like, I yeah. think I saw that same tweet. It was every it was every professional sports franchise in the big four in this country. And be good. And, and then have a few billion left over just mm-hmm. to do whatever he wants. I don't know. But that's that's, that's an absurd level. Sickening. Of that's sickening. unheard of. That's sickening, but this is not the, the Bernie pod. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's not, this, this ain't the millionaires and the billionaires pod. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I saw my man Bernie put yeah, yeah, he put a little tweet that too. Yep. <laughs> nah, but um Look, the or can't isn't able to escape this as long as it's being reported on. That's the other, that's the downside of it. When you don't have a report and there is there aren't stories being leaked, that means this shit is never over. <laughs> like real shit, that shit, that means you never get to go to sleep and not mm-hmm. think a story might come out. Because mm-hmm. you've covered this report up. But what happens when there is a sources? You know what I'm saying? The source is sucks dot dot story. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to believe it. Like, regardless of how salacious it is, it'll be believed because you covered this up. Yep. So that tells you how shitty this org was. Straight I mean, it really I hear does. what you're saying, Cliff, and I, I hate to be like so uh, cynical about it, but. After seeing just the reaction to Dale Snyder, it kind of, I just don't have the the inkling that change is coming with him. Like the organization may change and he's hired some smart people to do their jobs, but he's hired smart people before and it hasn't really made a difference. Dale Snyder's going to be Dale Snyder. Maybe he's he won't do anything. Maybe well, he won't well, do anything this crazy well, again. Has he hi- Wait, has he hired? How many smart people has he hired? I'm not going to judge somebody smart, but what we can say is he wasn't about to lose his team before. This motherfucker was on the verge of yeah. basically losing his franchise. His yeah. this is his boy. This is moneymaker. When he travels and he's on them boats, he's like, I'm one of 32. I'm Mr. Snyder. I own the Washington football team. Like, I'm sure that shit hit him pretty deep, almost losing his toy of the Washington football team, bro. So I'm not gonna say he's either, but we gotta give him I could give him a smidgen of credit for hiring Riverboat, Jason Wright, and allowing these people to do their job. And hopefully he just allows them to continue to do their job. I Look, hear you on that. I hear you on that. And maybe this is me just thinking too much about it, but just the whole Wall Street Journal story where he pretty much blames everybody but himself and says, I need more involved, then calling around the day after and being like, oh, no, those 40 women were wrong. I'm right. I'm the winner. It just seems so unself-aware. That just, it gives me a bad feeling about him. Like, all the, the It gives the, you the a bad feeling about I could, him? I'm sorry? This is all on brand, Paul. Yeah, it is on brand, but that, that's leads me to believe that change ain't coming with him. Nah, but see, here's the thing. It's like, like Corey said, here's the difference now. 
nobody wants you around now. Mm-hmm. He's on notice. So let's say the team, let's say, and we're going to we're going to get to the expectations for the season in a second, right? Let's say the team has an incredible year, and you are not around, right? Your wife is running the org. Org is just looking well ran. Jason Wright, Ron Rivera. You can't just come back like that. It's not going to work that way. That's what's different now. Because mm-hmm. you, you fucked it up to the point where the owners were like, yo, my man, you got to <laughs> fall back. Yo, you own the Washington football team. This franchise has been a moneymaker. Not saying it's not still a moneymaker, but the value of the team a couple of years ago, we were like, the t- well, I say we as a fan, but the team was like top three as far as like wealthiest franchises across the country or world or some shit like that. And they've yeah. like, and I, I remember reading a story, and I can't, don't hold me to it, but I forget how the quote went, but it was like, you know, a lot of the owners and officials in the NFL are well aware that they've lost out on a lot of money with the Washington franchise and dealing with this owner. Like, yeah. dude, do you get your shit in order? And if you're mm-hmm. not on in order by now and if you don't get it by now i think th- it's no more there's no more chances bro this is it so don't come back on some fuck shit yeah yeah well we gonna see man we gonna we gonna see i dale snyder is still a, a relatively young man he has a long way to go as owner on this team i mean for all of our sakes we hope he gets this shit turned around and has a little bit of self-awareness when it comes to the way he's perceived in this city and the way he runs his team and allowing people to do their jobs and just not running a fucking brothel down in Ashburn. Damn, can we damn, please, man. can we please just turn this shit around for the love of God, man, please. Look, they, they had a brothel down Ashburn. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think, like, he's, like, I think the main thing is almost this, the team can run well without you. Mm-hmm. Right? You wouldn't be the first owner who got pushed aside for someone else. Like you could own the team. It might be Tanya's team though. Like when we turn the TV on. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They can make you do that. Cause now they got, see now they got you, right? Cause that's the part where you don't release shit from the report, right? Now you, the league can be like, listen, Dan, you keep up with this fuck shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some sort, we, we will call the damn post our fucking selves mm-hmm. to keep this shit up. <laughs> Dan, we're going to need you to step down. Tanya has full control of the team now. That motherfucker will jump off the building. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. All right, let's move on to our next topic. And I hate that we actually have to talk about this, but everybody knows at this point that Chase Young did not show up for OTAs. Uh, he was, uh, I believe the story where he was shooting a few uh, commercials for Under Armour, and he also was working down, out down in Miami. And of course, this city being what it is, the media was all over it and painting him as a poor leader. I don't even want to get into this too deep, also because it's a little bit dated at this point, but I felt compelled to talk about it. It's stupid as shit, man. It's really quite ridiculous. I get if you want to say it's a bad look, but to suggest that Chase Young, maybe the best young players this team has had since young Robert Griffin, maybe in like young Sean Taylor, young isn't Sean a Taylor, leader. Dog. Sorry, sorry, Bob. Damn, Cliff. <laughs> Damn. I feel you though. I I feel you. I listen. I don't think young Bob holds a candle to young young Chase, but as far as like excitement, yeah. I mean, Bob had the city on tilt. Nobody can deny that. <laughs> no, he did. He did. <laughs> we were nervous as fuck the whole time. The whole time. We were just nervous, man. Man, I was nervous till I saw him throwing dimes down in New Orleans. That first game, I was like, yeah, we got one. But even then, the whole year, we felt like we were about to lose it. Well, we just never felt. Man is, is, this man right. is built like Gumby. Because he was getting Superman here. hit out here. So we, <laughs> we never really, like, real shit. We didn't even think Bob was going to last that long, just physically. But we, but Cliff, what we did say was he might not last, but let's try and get this chip while he still got two legs. It's true. It's true. It's true. All, it's hilarious that we've gone from calling him RG3, calling him Bob. Like, everybody calls him Bob now. <laughs> <laughs> the disrespect is real. 
Like, who? <laughs> 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 now, the, listen, the OTA conversations, Paul, we've talked about, like, this is, if the players don't care, then why the fuck do you care? That's all I got to say about that shit. If the people he's on the team with are not bothered by his absence, then give a fuck what some radio host thinks. Oh, it ain't. wasn't just the radio host. It was plenty of fans, too, calling nah, it. Nah, nah, I'm sorry. Yes, fans, radio, whoever. Like, who cares? Why do y'all care? They said he's the not players. a real leader. They were started to remind us. They started saying how poorly he played in the playoff game, all because he missed a couple of voluntary OTAs. Apparently, Chase Young is not a good representation or face of a franchise because he missed a few practices in the summer. That is where we are at as a fan base. Yo, that's, that's con- content filler, dog. That's all that I'll, shit is. I'll never forget that clip you sent us from that one day. What's the dude, the Bama's name on? Um, Billy from Billy, Billy, Billy went as far as to call this man a bust and said he had bust potential last year as he was having a defensive player of the year type season. Paul, what's that Martin episode? Bruh, man, education. <laughs> we really talking oh, about him. We're really complaining about Chase Young, probably the hardest worker on the team. And he missed a couple of voluntary OTA practices. But when he showed up to the mandatory practice, the first play of practice, they said he wrecked the entire series for the offense. But you guys are talking like he's not out here working, like he's not out here being a leader. Like, so what? He didn't show up to voluntary OTAs. Who cares? Matter of fact, I wish none of them had showed up because it's voluntary. I don't give a fuck about that shit. We got to stop taking everything so serious with this team, especially when it comes to OTAs in minicamp. Because if we're being honest, they're not even truly practicing out there. They just doing a bunch of walkthroughs. You might get a couple plays where you get a little, you know, a little tap, not no contact. There's nothing going on. Chase did not miss anything. And for me to hear fans calling in, bitching about this man, bringing up his performance in the playoff game, said he was a no-show, like, really? That's where we at? Come on. Niggas got a hometown <laughs> kid who was like the biggest talent in his draft. We got him here. Mm-hmm. He's from here. Nigga, put on for the city. Played his ass off when he finally Played got happy. Changed the whole energy of the franchise. Mm-hmm. But here y'all go. Y'all got to do it again. Because you, you know do this is, with everything. You know Every it is, time. They do this with our team every time. Not letting them do it this time. Sorry. Don't care about your feelings on him missing OTAs. I really don't care. It it really is like some defeatist shit. I feel yeah. like this team is always not this team, but the fans of this team and maybe ta- like fans of Washington sports at large are always waiting for something bad to happen. So they, they preemptively do some fuck shit like this. So when things go wrong, like I knew this shit was gonna happen. Well, mm-hmm. you're you're being a hoe. You're, mm-hmm. you, 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 you don't you know if, if it with Chase Young don't work out which I don't think is going to happen. I think he's going to be here for a long time and he's going to be a great player for a long time. If for some reason it doesn't work out, you don't need to act like this in between now and then. He's just being stupid. If it doesn't work out, Paul, it's not going to be because he missed OTA. <laughs> right, right. What are we talking about here? Practice? Things <laughs> ain't even talking about practice, though. This the is low practice. <sighs> and they was really talking about the Players Association, players not going to OTAs. Like, why have them? You got Tom Brady out here, the greatest quarterback who ever puts on pads, talking about, I don't see why anybody should go to OTAs. Tom Brady can say it. Not saying that Chase Young has the gravitas that Tom Brady has, but you should listen to Tom Brady when he says the OTAs is kind of ridiculous for us to have to attend. You know, it shouldn't be a quote-unquote mandatory or involuntary thing. Or, I'm sorry. A quote unquote voluntary thing. Hey, man. And I'm not here. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be held against me in any way whatsoever. So when Chase Young is one of 90 who isn't there, it isn't a big deal. Because why hey, should he have to be? The players aren't tripping. The Am team I- not tripping. Yeah. So why are you tripping? I don't understand. 
<laughs> like, I don't understand what you're mad about. He checked in with Del Rio. As a matter of fact, nobody talks about the part where he was actually at the park other days. Like, just because he wasn't at OTAs doesn't mean he has been missing in action all offseason. He's been down there. Riverboat said it. He's in contact with Del Rio all the time. Like, what, what do you guys want this man to do? We finally have a player, a blue chip player who is, you know, a face of our team who's in commercials. We got all these, he's got endorsements. Like he's, you know, we got, we finally got somebody to say, okay, yeah, that's the leader of our team. And y'all out here bitching because he missed three days of OTAs. OTAs, folks. We're not talking about training camp. We This is not September. We're talking about OTAs. It's it's pure fuckery, Corey. Pure fuckery. If you want to say that he's not a quote-unquote leader because he didn't demonstrate leadership and that, okay, say what you want. When it's September 12th and he's cracking Justin Herbert's back and he's going to defense hype, what are you going to say then? Some people don't have to lead by example. Some people just lead by being a monster and nah, leading nah. a team. Paul, fuck that. Him missing OTAs doesn't say anything about his leadership. These people need to of course grow the up. Of course they it need, doesn't. One, I get it, folks. Y'all ain't got content right now. Street's not hot with news. You hit me with not that. playing. Years ago, clickbait. No, like straight up. Wiz mm-hmm. not playing football. Wiz not playing basketball right now, per usual. Damn. Hey, yo, facts are facts. We want me Clip to say? from the top rope. For no reason at all, but all right. <laughs> Niggas host three-hour radio shows every morning. Mm-hmm. What are they supposed to talk about? Yep. People got three-hour shows. The chase shit had the streets on, the, the, the callers calling in. Mm-hmm. So they kept talking about that shit. Because that's what yeah. they do. This is the, one of the reasons why, and I, I haven't been a sports talk radio listener in a while. I'm usually a podcast guy, but tuning in for those brief moments and listening to the Shans and the Grant Dannys of the world talk about this shit really irritates me. Like I wish we could just weed these morons from our fan base. Y'all the reason why shit goes bad here more times than not, because you have this defeatist attitude. Uh-huh. And y'all want to run our great players out of here. It's like, like, I'm sure Chase don't give a fuck about your opinion, but can you imagine being Chase after having the season he had last year and turn on the radio and hearing that shit? How mm-hmm. to hear that from, from Billy, from Dundalk. You were a leader. You might be a bust. Hey, shout out to our fans of Dundalk, by the way. And you from here, <laughs> man. And you from here, man. Mm-hmm. He puts on, like you said, Cliff, he puts on for the area. I mean, the brother got a W chain around his neck. Like, he wants to represent this franchise in this area. He wants to get us to the mountaintop. And we're going to kill him for missing OTAs. Nah, they gonna, nah even worse. They're going to kill him for content. Even worse, dog. Terrible, Even worse man. than y'all killing him for OTAs. Terrible. You killed him for content. Mm. Yep. Hope it was worth it, Shane. Because they were talking about that shit a month after OTAs were done. But do you know what Shane would say? He was like, well, he's not above criticism. And he's right about that. He, nobody's above criticism. No but doubt. He was also, but he was also driving this point home for like three straight weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's, it's almost like he was egging people on to actually call in and drag this man. That's what, that, that's what I'm saying. Killed that man for content. That's wild. Did it to the local boy too. I just remember one thing and he was just like, man, what are you talking about, Kevin? Kevin, what are you talking about? <laughs> OTA, bro. Come on, Slim. He called him straight <laughs> off. Nice. Hey, that's how I feel about it. It's like... <sighs> Crazy. I don't understand how you can make this a thing. <laughs> this is not a thing, folks. What? Especially, <laughs> especially given, like Paul, like you said, like the, especially given the conversation around OTAs this mm-hmm. year. The team had the most players there across the league. I think, I think someone said Rivera had called around the league and they had the highest number. Yep. Yeah. Man was in the facilities. What the fuck do I care if you need to go to something voluntary? Who amongst us would actually show up to a voluntary work event? Whom? Right. That's a good one. After after your players association was encouraging you not to go. Yep. Yep. I get it. 89 people went. 
Not everybody's not Chase Young. If I were a bottom of the roster guy, you better believe in my OTAs because I need to be there to show that I'm, you know, ready to do whatever to make this 53-man roster. Chase Young's job is not in jeopardy. And I'm not saying that's a reason why he shouldn't show up. But you think Chase Young's going to show up July 27th out of shape? Make it the fuck out of here, man. No chance. But again, why would you trip off something the players in the org are not tripping off of? Like, I don't understand what the frustration is about. How can the mm-hmm. only people frustrated about him not being on OTAs? It sounds like the only people frustrated about it are fans. So give a fuck what they think. That's stupid. All right, Billy Whoa. from Walkersville. Like, that's ridiculous, man. Billy from hey, Walkersville. Hey, Cliff, we, can you come in next, you know, on a month? You should come in for a couple of days. You don't have to be there. But we'd love it if you were there. I'm not showing up. No chance. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm hitting other niggas on the team, like, hey, y'all going? Y'all not going? (laughs) I mean, I'm not going. I hit up Paul. You going? Paul's like, yeah, I'm going. All right. You know how that joint was there, man. I told (laughs) y'all. Corey gonna hit me and be like, let me know who all was in there, man. <laughs> Basically, dog. <laughs> Mind you, we know all these guys that are group chats. Mm-hmm. They know where guys, like where their man, man on the team is at. They know where everybody's at, man. Yep. This ain't fucking 1984. <laughs> Niggas like, dog, I ain't heard from Chase in like two months. Oh, he ain't show up to voluntary work. Like, nah, they know who's there, man. They know what's good. So the is- players aren't tripping, and the teach the coaches aren't tripping. <laughs> then what is there to be mad about? Not tripping oh. at all. Not tripping mm-hmm. at all. All right, let's move on. Um, last thing before we get to the hype. Uh, a few months back, or actually not even a few months back, probably about a month back, the team released Morgan Moses, brought in Charles Leno Jr. The reason why this is important is because I'm pretty sure Cliff, in typical Cliff fashion, called this move might happen. Did you say, didn't you say on the last pod that Morgan Moses might be out of here? Yeah, I said I was looking at the depth chart. It's like, why would he be back? <laughs> Damn, Cliff. Again? He can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not even like that. I was looking at it like this. You brought in, you drafted a tackle. You signed a tackle. For, like, randomly, all of a sudden, you like, Lano gets cut. You literally... He's the same day we find out he's coming to visit. Mm-hmm. Well, you weren't going to yeah. bring all these tackles back. Right? You still got Cornelius Lucas. We knew yeah. Lena was only going to start. So someone had to go. And it only made sense that it would be him. Mm-hmm. And Thanks. we find out you trying to get a new contract? Yeah, Moses, you lost your damn mind, boy. Um, oh, man. He, he's trying to capitalize on his one good year out of the last, like, three. Hey, it's, 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 a, it's a shrewd move, but I mean, that's going to be us. Moses, I appreciate all your efforts here. You've been a great leader. Hey, you've, you, you've been one of the, you know, you didn't miss any games. You played hurt. Like, it's much appreciated. But the team upgraded the tackle. <laughs> like, nobody anticipated Charles Little Jr. being available for one. They drafted Cosme. And like Cliff said, Lucas <laughs> Lucas played his ass off last year, people. He was better than Moses. Let's keep it above. He can play both. Yes, he can play both right? sides of the line. Moses plays right tackle, although he right. did still left tackle. He played well at, at times here and there. Right. But but the other three guys can play both. And the fact that Moses is looking for a new heavy-ass contract because it's probably going to be his last big deal in the league, and he only ended up getting a one-year deal from the Jets, but that's neither here nor there. But, I mean, the team upgraded at the position. So, I mean, I can't really complain about that. I mean, Charles Leno at left tackle now, and I was even trying to see how Cosme, see if he's ready coming out of camp, or if not, plug Lucas back in, and you're, you're set at tackle, so. It's also funny how we cut Morgan Moses and all of a sudden I hear people, these football people, talking about Morgan Moses in a way that they never spoke about. All of a sudden, this man is Anthony Munoz. I'm like, huh? Like, like they were like, they let go of a really good right tackle. I'm like, that's so what I you're don't... saying is we have one of the best right sides in the league. Mm-hmm. But how can I don't understand these moves that the rest of they're making. Right. Like they, the way they're talking about it is like it was inconceivable that we would let Morgan Moses go. I'm like, uh, I mean, Morgan Moses has 
had maybe one good year out of the past three. He like leads the NFL in penalties and two of the past three years from the right tackles perspective. He's always hurt. And now he's asking for more money. I think that if it were Bill Belichick making that move, it would be like, what a great move by Bill. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You got brought in Charles Leno. People are overreacting to the year that Moses just had. Let's keep it a buck. Over these last three, five years, Paul, how many times have you stopped the game when we watched it at your crib and looked like, look at Moses on his ass. Look at Moses false start. Look at Moses holding. And like you oh, mentioned I was, several times last year, Cliff, con- they just have to convinced. stop calling holding. This man was paying off the rest before. Like, I'm like, a, quarter, a quarter second jump on every single play. Just don't throw a flag. Here's like $100. Like, <laughs> this man was doing it for years and years and years. He either has the, the greatest Euro step of all time where this man is <laughs> – Ball starting on every single play. Euro of tackles, hundred percent. I thought he had, listen. I thought he had a solid year last year. Yeah, no doubt. Like you, like you know, Corey. It happened. They all the league stopped calling holding. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you out here balling. Like damn, Moses um, ain't penalties out here. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I think the I think the question the question about continuity is fair. That's a fair question. No mm-hmm. doubt. Right. Like I can't be like, well, continuity doesn't matter. I mean. If, if the question is about continuity, that's one thing, but it's very clear to me that Rivera is trying to get, was trying to basically get rid of the whole pre, you know, mm-hmm. the previous era. They're pretty much all gone at this point. So, And if, speaking of continuity, though, the interior of the line is still pretty set. I mean, obviously, Schweitzer's going to be in a little battle with Camp at left guard, but still got Rui in center. You got Sheriff holding down right guard. I mean... We'll see what Cosme and Lucas do at right tackle. But you plug in a veteran who's damn good at left tackle. So I yeah. think you know is gonna fit in perfectly fine. So right. I think yeah. it also it also sticks to the theme of Ron Rivera trying to get this team younger and more mm-hmm. athletic. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is like while Morgan Moses is a longtime player here, he really isn't athletic. You know what I'm saying? You plug in somebody like Cosme, who is extremely athletic on the right side, let him get his feet wet on the left side. And mind you, you can't move Morgan Moses to the left side. I mean, you probably could, but it might not go as well as you think. But you've got a proven left tackle like Charles Lillon Jr. who can come in on the cheap and play there for a year while you're figuring out what you do with Cosme. Now you have a more a more athletic offensive line up front, even though you're getting rid of a longtime player on the right side. And also, like you said, Tupac, not just see what Cosme does. It allows you time to see what Sadiq Charles is going to be. Is he going to be a guard yeah. or tackle? Don't forget, we have other young players that, potentially could fill these positions in 2022 and beyond. So I, I mean situation. They, they have a lot of guys competing for five spots. Uh, let me need back walk that back. Because not five spots open. They have a lot of people open. They have a lot of competition for 10 spots, I believe, at offensive line. They are gonna cut some decent offensive linemen. I say decent like eh, like relative to years past when we were bringing guys in off the street, not knowing their names for like week four, week five games. Like they're going to have some, a good depth there. You forget about guys like Eric Flowers, who are, he's going to compete mm-hmm. for starting left guard. Real competition. Sidney Charles, Charles is going to compete, maybe at guard, maybe at tackle. You have a guy like uh, Tyler Larson, who's here, uh, or with a Ron Rivera down in Carolina for a couple years. Damn well last year. We ain't going to forget about Schweitzer. Schweitzer balled his ass off towards the end of the season. Exactly. Exactly. So you're going to have some players here who are going to be competing for spots, even guys like Ishmael, who was a draft pick last year. And mm-hmm. He might be on the way out. You know, it's, it's good. It's a good problem to have. But um, yep. depth is the name of the game, man. Also, linemen get banged up. They play banged up. Sometimes you need somebody to sit for a game or two. That was never a problem with Moses, but he did play banged up a lot. Now you have nine, maybe ten off the linemen that are ready to roll, and each one of them is going to be capable in their own yep. lane, whatever that is. All right, cool. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's talk about the 2021 Washington football team and the unprecedented national love they're getting. Have, have y'all noticed this, that a lot of national pundits and even like people on Twitter who are usual Washington football team haters are giving them <laughs> a little bit of recognition, a little bit of love and this and that. And, you know, the fan base hasn't, it's not wasted on our fan base. A lot of them have noticed. I know that I've noticed. And it's kind of a weird feeling, man, because even in years past where I thought we might have been good, like 2013, and we end up going 3-13, and 13, or like in 2016, and we go 8-7-1 and one and miss the playoffs, 
it's never really a thing following up a year where you're good, where success usually falls afterwards. But I think it's kind of widely considered this team is on the right path and they're building something. And they at least appear to be formidable in 2021. My question to you is how formidable do you think they are going to be? Do you think that the hype around this team has gone a little too far? Do you think it's in the right place? Do you think it hasn't gone far enough? Where are we at? Well, let me say two things to that before I get to the 2021. 2013 team, we all were blind because the quarterback had one leg. So that's on that. And 2016, mm-hmm. scary ass nigga quarterback. So that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> moving to 2021. Um, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing to see our team getting all this respect nationally. I mean, I got to be honest. Like you said, Paul, we're not used to this. We're usually the laughing stock of the league or butt of all jokes, whether it's the name or the owner or whatever. Like we've never had all this good grace. And I think that kind of goes back to one Alex Smith from last year and Riverboat, obviously dealing with everything he dealt, he dealt with. And I just think there's an excitement around the team with, you know, with the young players, obviously chase the, the, well, the entire defensive line, first and foremost, um, the talent that we've brought in offensively, you got a budding running back in Antonio Gibson, who now people are talking about could be the breakout star of the year. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it's a breath of fresh air, bro. And honestly, we got to take it with a little grain of salt because there's a possibility that things don't go well because, you know, with football, the injuries happen, things happen. But for me personally, I mean, it, it's exciting. I, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm actually very excited about training camp and just seeing the team and just seeing what they possibly could do with all the talent that they brought in. Um, it could go right. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, we do have a tough schedule. We do play all the top quarterbacks in the league, which is unheard of, first and foremost, but. I mean, if we could, if the team could potentially stay healthy, man, I mean, there's there's an opportunity for this to be a good season. I'm not going to predict a Super Bowl or nothing like that, but we have opportunity to actually be pretty goddamn good. And I don't think we've been able to say that for quite some time around here. So, I mean, I got to be, I, I am excited about it. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard to be re- like you. You. It's hard to get carried away when you're a fan of this thing because we've been here before. Mm. Right. And, and so many things have gone left all the time, whether it's injuries, whether it's bad breaks in games, et cetera, et cetera. Literally. But, but it's not, <laughs> <laughs> it is not that absurd to think this team could be really good. Yep. Right. We aren't and it's not even in it. We even need some crazy things to happen. It used to be that we needed, our season was riding on like two players. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, if we get average quarterback play, your offense is much better. Yep. Your defense is young. Yep. Those guys, if the, if the young players on our team take one, the, the incremental step forward that young players usually take, the team is really good. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to be, it's hard to not be optimistic. Mm-hmm. Really, like, especially considering how far we come from. Because two years, a year ago at this time, we were not talking like this. Yeah. yeah. I, off the top of my head, and I may be wrong, I'm just thinking about the, the 22 players that are regulars in offense and defense. Every single one of them is in a legit position to take a step forward in their game. I mean, maybe not like somebody like, I know you're going to kill me for saying this because y'all think I bash this man. Maybe somebody like Bostic. He'll be better. But I, I think, it. no, no, no. I, right. I was, I was just going to say, I think his game is kind of maxed out. He may have a better season, but I think his game is kind of maxed out. But I think everybody else legitimately is, could be getting better in their next year here, is what I'm saying. Definitely. So, I mean, that on top of like Cliff said, having a young defense, you have a young offense, a new plethora of, skill position players and a, and a quarterback that while he is known to be up and down we've said this before this might be the best team he's ever played on in year 18 or year 17 or whatever this is for Fitzpatrick I don't know if you could say maybe the 2015 Jets were as good as a team as that we have here now but it's definitely like 1A and 1B it's just the potential that we have with the young players like Chase taking another step Montez taking another step Deron Payne could take another step we signed William Jackson, who was arguably a he's a he's a shutdown corner. You have somebody mm-hmm. who can travel if you need to be. We can play more man in the secondary. We had, we had Kane on the back end. 
who is going to give Landon Collins and Cameron Crow a run for playing time. Like the defense can go to another level and they finished number two in the league last year. So imagine where the defense can go next year. And like Cliff said, if we could just get average QB play, and like I've been telling y'all all off season, I just want the team to be healthy going into the season. We could be healthy. There's an opportunity for them to do some real damage out here, man. And I, <laughs> it's crazy we're saying that this year. Cause like you said, Cliff, two years ago, there's no way in hell you could have told me <laughs> we'd be in a situation. There's two just years, no a year or a year, year ago. What am I saying? All right. Court. <laughs> this time last year, we were on the heels of a three and 13 season. They mm-hmm. had just changed the name. They had just announced that Ron Rivera had cancer and they was about to drop a, a bombshell where 40 women were accusing Dale Snyder of sexual harassment. Like if you told me in 365 days, we'd be sitting here having this podcast. I would have been like, Corey, go ahead and piss in the cup. No drippy drippy dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Be, what, you, what you touched on earlier too, Paul, like on the offensive side of the ball, like the skill positions, like how many years have we come into the year talking about who going to help McLaurin or who we got out here that's going to make a play? Like we have an opportunity to have playmakers all over the field this year, offensively. Mm. Like that's, that's unheard of for us, man. So. Right. And also let's keep in mind that Scott Turner, a guy that we killed on this mm-hmm. podcast a lot, week yep. one through four, one through five last year. As the quarterback play got better, you saw his play calling get better. Now you have a guy that they seem to have total confidence in, right? Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that they couldn't call everything they wanted with Dwayne. I know some things that they couldn't call with Alex Smith and his physical limitations. Not to say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is some mobile quarterback, but physically limited in the way that Alex was. He doesn't have the mental makeup of uh, Dwayne Haskins like he's shown that he can pick up whatever offense he's been put in he's played on like damn near nine teams at this point picked up every single offense he's been a part of it's Cliff that's your man you used to put me on Fitz I used to be scared of Fitz Fitz. okay now Cliff I ain't saying you saying he's like Dan Marino Fitz is not my man this <laughs> um, fantasy man, I should say. I take that back. Fitz can get the ball out of his hands. Definitely, the ball going to be out. We, you know, what we haven't talked about is Heineke Fitzpatrick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have not discussed Heineke Fitzpatrick. We have not. We have not. Because the streets, the streets say this is a QB battle. I even I, saw somebody say. And I won't I won't name names because I don't want to embarrass this guy. But he <laughs> said that he said that Taylor Heineke had a lot of Tony Romo in this game, and I was like, my God, Dude, I, you gotta you gotta pump the brakes. Tony Romo comparison to Heineke. I've heard that a lot this offseason. The only comparison at this point is they they both came from mid majors or uh, FCS schools, and they both went undrafted. Like. The comparison ends there because you're talking about one of the best quarterbacks of a generation. As much as we love to clown Tony Romo on this podcast Got in private, yeah. one of the best quarterbacks of a generation. Heineke has played one good game, mm-hmm. not to mention he's already 28 years old, man. Like, come on now. I'm going to say one breaks. thing. This is, this is all I'm going to say about Heineke. It would be great for us as a fan base and for this team if Heineke eventually was able to take that job from Fitz and become the franchise quarterback. Nobody is denying that. But what we cannot do is sit out here and crown this man like like you just mentioned, Paul. People are comparing him to Tony Romo or four quarters. Like we gotta chill out as a fan base, man. I don't no, I don't think nobody's hating on Heineke. Nobody's trying to say he can't become something. I mean, you never know. Kurt Warner had his own story. I mean, we've seen scenarios happen where players, you know, they come out of nowhere and they, they become pretty damn good quarterbacks. But yeah. we gotta slow this down, okay? Yeah, they Rivera talked up quarterback competition. It's not a quarterback competition. Rivera, Fitzpatrick is going to be star quarter QB one come week one. That's right. point. Period. I don't see any scenario where Heineke takes that job from Fitz unless injury or something like that happens. Um, well, well, Heineke didn't even take a first team rep during OGAs. Yeah. That, that is another reason to show why it's not a competition. Like if they thought it was a legit competition, I feel they would have given them fair reps with not only with the first team offense, but against the first team defense. But let alone Fitz is learning a new offense, so he should have got every rep, in my opinion. Right, exactly. Now, I will say this. Because they were beat reporters saying that Heineke, quote-unquote, outplayed Fitz in OTAs. 
if summer comes along or um, training camp comes along and Fitz is being outplayed by Heineke by a considerable margin, I hope that they'll let Heineke get the, the week one thing. I just don't see that happening. Like it, it seems. I don't even know what that means though. In a damn mini camp. I, what does I don't it even mean uh, in mini camp? Ain't even real football. But but you know what's good, what we're gonna see. And Paul, I'm glad you said that. We're gonna see a preseason game where Heineke goes 17 of 23 for 220 and two tutties, and all of a sudden Monday morning she's gonna be like QB controversy next. <laughs> like no, motherfucker, <laughs> preseason. <laughs> but I hear you though. I, I hear what you said because I could see some shit being stirred up by the local media and all that saying, oh, well, he got outplayed. But I don't – you got to take all that preseason shit with a grain of salt. Fitz is learning a new offense. He's learning his new personnel that he's around. Like, Fitz is QB1 to me, man. I don't see – Hey, man, this is a city where people have thrived on quarterback controversy. Going back to, to Sonny versus uh, – Sonny versus who? Billy. Sonny, Sonny versus Billy, right? My bad. Sonny versus Billy. Then it was, it was Joe versus Jay. Then it was Jay versus Doug. Then it was Heath versus – Gus, <laughs> you know, then it was, of course, man, pa- Patrick Ramsey versus Mark Brunel, and, and then it was him versus Jason Campbell, and then it was Kirk versus Bob and shit. You know, this, this shit happens every single year. <laughs> Word of my name, Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been awfully quiet about this. What, what do you think? Because, uh, because we always do this, man. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, we always do this. I'm not fucking talking about quarterback controversy. Really, the reason I brought up is because the absurdity of making this a conversation Crazy. after a fucking mini camp. <laughs> it's not even real football, man. Yep. Like that doesn't, they do this all the time, man. Mm-hmm. We have to deal with this all the time. So, and you know, the, the next young Q, if the, whatever the y- next young QB comes in, they're going to do it to that QB too. Same shit. My thing is like, how do you, how can you analyze a mini camp practice to say, well, he looked a lot better than Fitzpatrick today? Like, motherfucker, they're out there playing with second, third, fourth string. Some of these guys not even gonna make the team. What are y'all talking about? Just because he made a couple throws in the back of the end zone, that's cute. I'm glad he did that, but he should be doing that. He's been in Scott Turner's offense for who knows how long. He should know where everyone's lined up at. He should look better than Fitzpatrick right now. Come on, stop making something out of a story that is not. That's foolish, man. Seriously. Yeah. All right, let's, let's get back to the team real quick. Um, let me ask you guys this. Is there any particular uh, part of this offseason hype that you think is getting a little bit out of control? Like, let's not talk about Heineke again. Anything else you've seen around in the media, just talking heads, talking about this team, being like, oh, this team is Super Bowl ready, which I don't really agree with. I still think we're in year two of a rebuild. That's going extremely well, but it's still two, year two of a rebuild. But Anything you think that's getting a little bit out of hand? Has, any, has anyone called the Super Bowl ready? Orlovsky in his final oh, four. Oh, Orlovsky. A word to Orlovsky, though. He always put on for us. Nobody gives um, us respect for ESPN but Orlovsky. Yeah, but then again, but then again, Corey, Dan is also a hot take machine. So that no could doubt. be a blessing and a curse. No doubt. <laughs> um, look, I don't think it's really been all that absurd. Right, so that's the thing about it for me. It's it hasn't really gotten out of hand to me, because really the conversation has generally been, oh, they're going to win the division. Mm -hmm. They're not seeing people out here talking about conference titles. Like I haven't heard anybody say that. I think people have been reasonable, and almost to a certain degree, I feel like people have tampered their expectation, like how far they want to get, like get away with it. Because Fitz is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Makes sense. Definitely. Because you got Fitz magic and Fitz tragic. Like, which one is going to show up? We don't Ooh. know. I mean, it's going to be stretches where Fitz is going to be like, okay, yeah, Fitz, we good. But he's going to give us games, and the fan base needs to be prepared for it. He's going to throw two, three picks in the game. It's going to happen, folks. It is what it is. But that's what you going. That's what you get with Fitzpatrick. Just hope it doesn't, you know, cause too many L's <laughs> on the schedule. But it's, it's – mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. No, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Um, JP Finley said on one of his podcasts that long ago that his bar for a season that is acceptable to him is a playoff win since we haven't done it in 16 years. And I think that 
might be where I'm at. I think that while I, I think that this team could, you know, maybe have a few injuries, maybe Fitz doesn't play as well, but they're clearly getting better as a team. They could go like eight and nine, and I could still be like, this team is heading in the right direction. Sure but there's also, there's also a scenario where this team goes 11 and six. It's still weird to say 11 and six, damn. And they win a playoff game. You know, they could go 12 and five in some universe and maybe go to the last weekend of the season. You know, it's possible. All these things are not out of the realm of possibility, except depending on the way things break for you. They stay healthy. If you're if your opponents are missing key pieces, everybody who's supposed to take a step forward in their game does so. And you you just have one of those seasons where you're just destined to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Super Bowl, but maybe you end up fucking around and going to the semifinals. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can play in the NFC Championship game. You could be in Lambeau or in Tampa the last weekend of the season. You know, it's possible. Like, like Doc, like our guy Doc always says, man, the goal was to get in the tournament. Once you get in, anything is possible, man. Look, there's a, a best case scenario where the team is a top three team in the conference. I don't think that's absurd to say. Right. We've had seasons where the worst case scenario happened where you went three and 13. Right. Like you went three and 13, not because you were necessarily a three and 13 team, but because all the scenarios that could leave you be a three and 13 happened. There is a world in which you do go 14 and three, man. Mm. Like if you, if, if the team, if the defense comes out and takes a, a, what if Chase Young took, a deep a depoy step forward. We be killing him. Right. So let's let's say <laughs> let's say everybody's still really good, right? Levels are still the same. The two biggest differences on defense are that William Jackson is a top 10 corner and now Chase Young is depoy level. Mm-hmm. Not only not only that, I'll I'll even throw in one more. While my expectations for Jamin Davis are not really there this year, I think he might take a year. I think that he can step right in right away and be a great like middle of the field cover the tight end guy because Lord knows we get, we get murdered by tight ends every single year. Now you have a linebacker that can actually cover. Yes, just do that. Just be a, a guy who yep. comes in on passing downs and guards mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph or or Dallas Goddard or whoever Dallas got. You know what I'm saying? Just be that. Mm-hmm. But go ahead, that's go ahead. what I'm. That's what I'm saying though. Yeah, I'm not even saying that you would need all of those things. Mm-hmm. Just like three or four things happening, and your team is much better. What if Montez Sweat turns into that thirteen sack guy? Right. Like a, these are right. These are not like out of nope. the realm scenarios. Mm-hmm. Just with I, I mean, in, if, in if a world that damn vaccine. You know what? Stop. That's a whole nother pod. We, 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 we'll we'll save that for the. Uh, I think in, I think in a world in which you are a top, it, what, what do you think the ceiling is for the defense? Top one. I mean, shit, number one. Number okay, one. What, I mean, what do you think the ceiling is for the offense? The ceiling for the offense, like in a just absolute crazy year where Fitz has a year that reflects. The past 16 games, you know, we've said like in the past 16 games, extrapolated out, he's had like 27 touchdowns, 14 picks or something like that. Or it wasn't 14, it was like 27 and like 10, right? Mm. Whatever mm. it was. If, if that comes to be and the offensive line stays one of the top offensive lines in we the game probably- and McLaurin and, and Samuel mm-hmm. and do their thing and Logan Thompson yeah, I mean, could be good. And mm-hmm. I mean, they could be top third. Like 12th, 11th? Okay. So if you, if, you were, if you were number one, number one offense, sorry, number one defense mm-hmm. with a above average offense, mm-hmm. that's like a 13-win team. Absolutely. Right? That would normally be like, well, 13 wins in a 17-game season. You're a 12-13-win team. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think that's that absurd. Is it, is it, what scenario is it? It's probably like a 5% scenario right. where both those things happen. But it used to be that in the best case scenario, you won fucking eight games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Cliff, I, I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but like imagine a, t- a defense that was second last year in total defense, 
depending on what metric you watch, now they could be first. And a team that was literally the worst offense I've ever seen play the worst game of football game. last year, maybe. Yep. Oof, oof, added a bunch of weapons and now have a competent quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. watching them go from 32nd to, like, let's say they get to 16th. 16th is average. Number one defense is dominant. You have good special teams. Trust way, pinning people deep. You, Hopkins maybe hitting a clutch kick or two. Maybe you get 14 wins. It's you possible. Know, yeah, but yeah. Sorry. <laughs> No, that's what I'm saying. It's it's I think you're a team that is in a like if in a decent year, things just go okay. You probably mm-hmm. compete for a division. The issue is the other the, well, talk about the division at one point, but there's a world in which Dallas wins 13 games as well. Yep. Yeah. No doubt. So about it. Giants are pretty damn good as well. They but are I really that, that when you say the Potentially enough, three is being the ceiling. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Only one that I'm, because I'm looking at the NFC right now. Obviously, you stamp it probably if A Rod is in Green Bay, Tampa Bay and Green Bay, they're they're at the top of the top. They wanted two. Mm-hmm. That probably Rams. They're up there, depending on what San Francisco looks like in Seattle. Outside of that, I don't see anybody in the NFC that we, if everything goes as we think it could, that we can't compete with. I mean, so, that, I mean, I don't mean to shit on, I don't mean to shit on Seattle, but they didn't really do much to get better. And they're not trying to let Russ cook. He about to be uh, changing addresses. He about to come that's, to the East Coast. Nah, back home. That's not the reports. He's he gonna be renting in Ashburn. I thought Sorry. the reports were that they 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 are they're doing um hmm. they might be doing hurry up this year, like more no huddle. Oh really? Yeah. It's about damn time, Pete. Shit. What's wrong with y'all? I mean, they got the weapons to do it. I don't see why they haven't <laughs> tried to let Russ cook, like you said, Paul. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was about to say, y'all wasting this man's prime. It's easy uh, to blame that on Brian Schottenhammer, but Pete, you don't had Russ for nine years now, and you wasting this man's prime, but I'm glad they're going to let him do his thing. Well, maybe next time they'll run the ball on the goal line if they make it to the ball. Well, that's another oh, story. Yeah, that's another yeah, story. Gotta let them move on. Gotta let them move on from that one. <laughs>